Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona. And, and the, the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Oh my gosh, six years. For the bestie, March 7th, 2018. We did it, folks. Okay, that's it. Just kidding. Uh, Well, welcome and thank you all for being here. Um, We're super excited, super ecstatic. We've got a really big show for you all today. And if you're out there in the chat world, um, get in there and blog on and talk to us and blog with us or call in. Uh, 646-915-8421. If you go to tumbleweedshealthcenter.com, there's a radio show link right there. And you can just hop on. You can log in. You can call in. uh, Stick it on mute. If you want to talk to us, press number one, and we'll say howdy. We'll stick you on there and scare you. (laughs) That's always fun. Um, Wow. Six years. That is a lot of shows. Last time I... Last time we, we were at the five-year, I calculated that it was 250-something shows. So now we're over 300 shows. How many guests would you say? That's 100. We've had some amazing people on, mm-hmm. including the four that are coming on today with us. Yeah. Holy cow. Doing so much in the cannabis um, community and the world at large. Exactly. <laughs> we've had patients on. Sadly, we've had some of our our show, you know, um, interviewers uh, pass away from mm-hmm. from various disease and things. Um, you know, we it's it's the world. It's the world at large, and it's you know the best place that you make it. You know, it's not always happy. It's not always sad. It's whatever it is you make it. 
and we just do our best to get cannabis out there so that it can help uh, heal whatever's going on in your life. Release some stress. Amen. Oh, my God. I see. Yeah, that'll release stress. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, six years we've been sitting. We've had so many Studio C's in the last six years. I think we've even done Studio C's when um, there wasn't even when. It's like a big, beautiful morning. So we have uh, guests walking in the door. But uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, six years of six awesome. years of awesomeness. We have many guests um, for the next few shows um, coming up in 2018. Um, so stay tuned. We were talking stay about tuned. how many millions of guests we've had on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for the millions of guests that we've had on, Silver Sister, Grand Entrance. Uh-huh. Great income. Let's just call it like it is, straight in from Starbucks. Um, Yeah, we've had law, legal people, we've had police officers, judges, uh, undercover agents Mm -hmm. that have all said, you know, this whole war on drugs isn't working, this is ridiculous, and let's, let's do some good here. Um, change it up a notch. Change it up a whole lot of notches. You know, we start seeing the way that um, some of our guests have definitely influenced some of these bills and the legislation that's been happening through our country mm-hmm. and in other countries. Uruguay is one of the countries that uh, we hear a lot about um, changing over there how they uh, get cannabis out into their to their people, and it's kind of like a Walgreens. Uh, pharmacy down there, <laughs> <laughs> over, almost over over the counter. There are ounces going for fifty bucks in Oregon right now. I just had to announce that. That's yeah. awesome. Five amazing strains, they say. <laughs> I say we road trip. Maybe two or three. Dang. That's some good time. That is some good time. That's some good cooking, some good dab making. You could uh, definitely got enough to make so, some goodies. Out. Speaking of dab making, I'm at Target the other day, you know, because who doesn't go cool around at Target? And I'm thinking to myself, well, Walmart had one of those um, dab pressers, you know, concentrate you can for $400. Wow. So I'm cruising in the beauty department. <laughs> about to get my Epsom salt because that's miracle stuff. And uh, I pass by this little sale rack and it's got crimping irons. And I'm like, wow, $12? What? What? And I'm like, but I wonder if the temperature goes high enough. And what do you know? They had variable temperature settings that went up to 475 degrees, folks. 12 bucks. Get your booties down to Target. Get your crimping irons and crimp your cannabis. Your mini dab makers. Get your mini dab makers. $400 Walmart. We got you. We got you. That are the parchment makers. That's right. And which side is it? The show me side. Did you put it on? Okay, because the other side is you're scraping wax. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, folks, it's the shiny side up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they call it wax, but maybe they did that for <laughs> accidental reason. I got wax in my stuff. Yeah. Who knows? Well, Six years. Favorite shows? Uh, Dr. Grinstrom was was really good. Especially the beginning of the show. Sorry. That was just too funny. But, yeah, we were really trying to talk hemp about 
you know, with him, and he was not having it. He did not want to talk about hemp oil or CBD or nothing. He wanted to talk about the whole plant. And he smokes a couple joints a day, and he also takes uh, makes his own capsules with cannabis and takes capsules every day. And for those who don't know, I mean, he got involved with cannabis um, through his son, who had uh, a rare disease, and it helped him overcome a lot of the symptoms symptoms of that disease. And this guy is a Harvard professor, right. you know, um, best friend with, with Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan. Mm-hmm. They used to hang out, and he described cannabis in a way that I loved, and he said it was an enhancement. Um, which is a, just a mm-hmm. beautiful thing to say about that plant. It really is. Just wow. says, it's her one tiny little thing she does. She sits down at the piano to write songs, and she does her pop. And that's it. There you go. We love Stevie. Nice. We, we, we love you, Stevie. We love you, Stevie. You can always get that back in there. We want to give a huge, huge, huge shout-out to Tumbleweed Health Center. for sponsoring Wednesday Wednesday for the last six years. And more. It was in the making. <laughs> Crazy in the making. The first show was always the best to, to talk about because one of our um, our guests here on the show, who's probably listening to it now, uh, Heidi Hamford, she's coming on in a little bit. Um, she helped take over the show and run the entire first show because I had no idea what I was doing on those little switchboards. And it was a very different one. We were on talk shoes. <laughs> we had a little British, British lady on talk show. And, um, I had no clue what I was doing. I made everybody show up two hours early. We sat there staring at a computer at each other and kind of laughing at me because I was having anxiety attacks and sweating and, yeah, the whole nine. Probably throwing up somewhere in there, I'm sure. You know, the whole, it's nerve-wracking. <laughs> Your very first show, and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm talking at a computer, but that's supposed to be people. So it's a very strange co- concept to think that there are people out there. <laughs> but, you know, this is a virtual world these days, so. Those people are just out there. So I didn't have any idea, and I muted myself. <laughs> and uh, our tech guy, who we dearly love and miss, was on the show, uh, JJ. And um, and he and Heidi were happened to tune in <clears throat> just out of nowhere. I don't know. They looked up Weed Radio or something found us. <laughs> no. Morning. How they found us. <laughs> yeah, it was uh-huh. at night. Yeah, yeah eight right. o'clock at night. Right. That was harsh. <laughs> That was a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Eight tonight. So I muted myself and Heidi and um, our tech guy. He became our tech guy. Took over the show and just chatted and talked. And I, I think I tried to type things in or you know blog in or something somehow. I got in there every <laughs> once in a while to say that we were still around. <laughs> but uh, and then the next day, got a little knock on the door at Tumbleweed, and uh, this guy standing there with the loaf of medicated banana bread. Oh, <laughs> the best thing ever. He's like, I'm so sorry. I said, what's the matter? And we had the best laugh, and he became a great friend and our tech guy. And we lost him a few years ago. And he's probably going to cut the show out or stop it or make something. So we'll, we'll quit talking about him because every time we do, he shuts something down on me. So we love you. We miss you. Um, so Heidi is still here with us, and she helped take over the show. This, Heidi. We should just talk about our, well, we'll talk about our guests when we get there in a minute, but it's just so exciting who's coming on. <laughs> we also want to give a huge shout out to the Growers House. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, supporting us along the way. Um, and they're 
one month older than we are. Um, so we're we're into we're at six and a half years almost almost six and a half years in this in this industry. It's been an awesome long run. It's been awesome and stressful and mm-hmm. nerve wracking and joyous and tears of joy as as you watch a plant heal people right in front of your very eyes in a matter of minutes. They put a lotion on and they can move their hands where they hadn't been able to move their hands before. You know, I mean these people are they're just People are just amazed by this plant, and it's just an incredible, incredible plant. And soon, when we get the right legislature or when our government finally concedes and says, okay, fine, we have 90 patents on the plant now, you guys are right, and they, that's what they're doing. They're gathering their patents. They have five now. They used to have one. Now they have five. So they're gathering their patents and all the cannabinoids in the plant. And, um, whoa. Synthetic compounds. Yeah. It's it's not they you can't have it on the natural plant itself. Um, but, but we've seen a, miracles. Yeah. yeah. Well, so he ha- the, the the patents they have are on the cannabinoids in the plant. So um, they you can't patent the plant. So they they patent the parts of the plant. But we really in six years of doing this, um, we have seen such amazing amazing things. Um, yeah. Total he- total healing. You know. Yeah. And it's. It's usually for 99% of everybody, but for the 1% or something that don't want it, people would rather not have cannabis or hemp, and that's fine, too. That's your choice. Um, and we always tell that to people. It may or may not work for you, and that's okay. We're just here to provide the information and the education so that you can make an educated um, decision and choice for yourself whether or not this plant, this non-toxic, healing, beautiful plant, is good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Tumbleweeds Health Center is... Um, an awesome place to go for education, information, and ultimately to get your certification. Come on down to Tumbleweeds Health Center. We're at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Um, And you can give a call, 520-838-4430. And if you want to call in live and chat with any of our guests that are coming up, it's 646-915-8421. You can blog out there. Um, And we want to give a huge shout-out and a thank you to the Netherlands. For showing up almost damn near six years, night, morning, yeah. When we switched from back and forth. Yeah, yeah. When we went nighttime special shows. Um, this guy is awesome. He's been so loyal and faithful. We need to send him a new package. It's been a while. We sent him a little care package once. We need. You need to send us a care package, buddy. What the heck are we talking about? Shirts and hats. You have the hat for it out there. You think you'd like. Um, so, yeah. Speaking of strains, what are you all on today? Um, we've got going a little purple cush and cash. Speaking of cash. Purple cush. So, our first guest, let me see if I've got my, if I could blow this up for our readers, my readers. Okay. So, our first guest coming on, um, Robert Platshorn. I'm going to read a little bit about him. He's become a really great friend of ours. This is an amazing man. He spent almost 30 years in federal prison for trafficking marijuana. You can't blame a guy for trying to spread the news. Um, And we want to give a quick shout out to uh, a wonderful, wonderful person in Grand Island, New York, Patty Wagner. Thank you so much for everything you're doing over there. You're literally running them crazy. This lady takes uh, (laughs) the uh, Silver Sisters brothers out for marathon. And I mean literally marathon runs. They go in the snow. 
They go in the hot sun. When it's raining, it doesn't matter. They put their gear on. They get out and go for a good cause. That's it. There's good cause runners. That's it. She <laughs> says that's it. That's all you get. Good cause runners. No, they're awesome. Um, they're spectacular. And thank you so much for helping uh, with everything well. So Silver Sister can be out here with us. Um, Robert Platshorn, founder of the Silver Tour, teaches seniors the benefits of medical marijuana was featured in the hit Showtime movie Square Grouper, which we have at Tumbleweed. You guys should come down and watch this. You can watch it in the privacy of our own little beautiful living room there. The documentary film told Robert's story as a member of the Black Tuna Gang to his release from federal prison. He was given the longest prison sentence ever given at that time, 64 years. Uh, Platshorn served 29 years and then created the Silver Tour. Um, Mr. Platshorn's successful Meet the Experts events were spotlighted on Jon Stewart's Daily Show, CNN Money, and the front page of the Wall Street Journal. His edumercial, Should Grandma Smoke Pot, which is so awesome, has been seen on TV stations in a dozen cities. Dr. Lester Grinspoon of Harvard University called Should Grandma Smoke Pot the best program on the subject of cannabis. He received and was High Times Freedom Fighter uh, of the Year Award for his work educating legislature, businessmen, and the, um, and the senior population on the benefits of medical marijuana. Uh, and we are going to put into our little program right now, we're going to hope to God this works, um, we're going to give Robert a quick call here and see if we can get him on air. He, um, Robert, actually, we met at Patients Out of Time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, he, there was a whole bunch of actually all of them were there and that's how we got to meet everyone from uh, patients at a time yeah uh, this was held probably about gosh was it, we're going on five six years six, mm-hmm. five, years, five ago. years ago 2012 well so six years no this this next month will be six years yeah March right. or April that it was yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, not only were they there, but they had doctors. Uh, doctor, man, uh, he did. Doctor, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, doctor Courtney, yes, that does the raw uh, cannabis in the raw, which is so important. Um, we actually had this conversation this morning. Oh yeah, about Please. the raw cannabis. Yeah. Um, so check that out. Um, uh, Dr. Regina Nelson was there. Um, if the, you see a patients at a time conference coming to your your huh. state, um, try to get there and uh, engage in it because it's, it's intense. Of, it is intense. It's super uh, intense. But you've got so many um, people out there that are fighting for the cause, that are out there in the community, and um, it's one of the most important things to get educated on. You know who's out there, who's in who's in the front lines of this uh, fight, and uh, we've got four of them on today. So yeah. we're having some technical, technical difficulties. So but, I'm going to actually use the real phone and call. Uh, I know that's what I was thinking. I'm like, really? <laughs> on the radio? Um, yeah. Come on now. All right. But yeah, this this gentleman is super educated. Um, sad that he had to spend any time in prison but he came out and he's ready and raring and and going all over let's see if we can't get mr plasher on we'll call him from my phone oh no oh i wonder what's going on um let me send him a little message because we've got our little facebook thing um and yeah 
So we've got tons of information coming up from Robert. One of the things we, we follow uh, Robert on Facebook, and uh, he's got some stuff that's been coming up. Uh, the Vermont legalization of cannabis, and not only is there legalization being talked about of cannabis there, but they're also working uh, with hemp as well. And Doug Fine will give us a little bit of information on that on that part of the hemp. Um, but Robert Plenchford will actually be talking about uh, the Vermont legalization. And if you haven't happening. seen Shagrama Smoke Pot, you really need to see this because it's one of the greatest little 30-minute edumercials, he calls it. Um, I love Robert. He says what he does is a show. Hmm. He really does put on a show. He gets out there. He uh, gets gets everybody together. He feeds them because we all know, look, we've got food everywhere because mm-hmm. it's all about food and friends, right? Um, feeds everybody. And um, just he really is so passionate. And, and you can tell in his excitement uh, that he just loves what he does. You know? Well, and I think another thing is, is you know, he, he gets – a group of seniors together that once you're kind of educated together, we have all been to those conferences where after you're all kind of educated at the same time, you get this kind of adrenaline rush, so whether it be for your new job or whatever, but the group of people that you're with during that, that training or that education or that schooling, that class, um, it really brings you all closer together. And, you know, with a lot of what he does. Um, so one of the things that he does is he gets a, a large group of the seniors together and uh, kind of solidifies them, brings them all together in an education of cannabis. And, of course, anytime you bring cannabis into a, an event, that's another way of bringing closeness and ties together. Aha, I think we've got Mr. Platchern on all there right. now. Let's see if we do. Um, I'm not sure if you have to push number one if you want to talk to us. I think that might I be a thing. Hit number one on your phone, Robert, if you can. It'll let us know that it'll put you in queue or something. Or we can, I think we can just make you go live. We can try. Oh, wait. Up oh, there, there you are. All right. Good morning, Robert. All right. Yay. How you Welcome. Doing? Thank you so much for being here. Always How are you today? a joy and a pleasure. Oh, we love your voice. We miss you. How are you? I'm terrific. Uh, yes. Was looking forward to your sixth anniversary broadcast Yay. and uh, have some infor- interesting information to impart. Oh, well, please share. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I was out in uh, Palm Springs, California with my good friend, uh, Jimmy McShane, who has since left us, left this earth. And Jimmy was delivering uh, to dispensaries in uh, Palm Springs. And he had pulled up behind a dispensary downtown and ran in to deliver two pounds of really excellent medication. And I looked... I was sitting in the car and I looked over to the side and I saw a silver haired lady, probably about 80 sitting in her car and very nervously looking around, looking around. And after about two or three minutes of wondering what I was doing, sitting in the car, she jumped out and she ran into the back door of the dispensary. And, uh, I thought that was kind of cute, but a little peculiar. 
And I asked, I asked Jimmy when he came out, I told him what had happened. And I, he said, that's common. He said, so many older people don't want to be seen going into a dispensary, uh, oh. especially out on the West Coast. It's thought of as, as a place for hippies and younger people and people who want to get high on pot. And she was there for her medication. And when I found out uh, the hoops that seniors have to go through and then coming back to Florida uh, and watching the start of our medical here, that's very much like every other state's restricted medical, I realized that although I had been thrilled with the progress of, of medical marijuana across the country, that something was very wrong. And representing seniors especially, I realized the hoops they have to go through. And listen, I was at a dispensary here in Florida, two dispensaries a couple of weeks ago, and about 80% of the people in these dispensaries, the patients waiting to go in, were seniors. And I said, hey, that's pretty good. Uh, a couple of years ago, seniors wouldn't even discuss marijuana, which is why I started the Silver Tour. And I kind of gave myself, you know, you helped do it, and, and now we got it. But I realized that that only represented maybe 1% of, of the seniors who need or want this medicine. And still, most seniors don't want to go talk to their primary about mm -hmm. cannabis, either because they're afraid that their primary will be against it. But for the most part, there's still most doctors who just don't know anything about treating with cannabis. Then, even more than not wanting to go to their primary, most of them do not want to get on a state register. In Florida, after you get your wreck from the primary, you have to take a picture and 75 bucks and send it into the state to get on uh, the state list and get a state card. And, and that's true in most of the medical states. Mm -hmm. Seniors are a little bit paranoid of the government and especially veterans. You know, most veterans are seniors, and most seniors are veterans. Uh, they definitely don't want to get on a state list that the feds might be able to get a hold of, and they would lose their veterans' benefits, uh, or they could be caught in what they're afraid would be a roundup of cannabis users. Unfortunately, we've got a U.S. attorney who would be happy to do just that if he could get away with it. In fact, Sessions has tried to get the state patient list from every legal state. The good news is most of them told him, go jump in a lake. This is privileged medical information. Yeah. But it only, it only underscores the need to remove all the hurdles. A lot of seniors can't afford to go pay two or $300 to get a wreck. And in our state, after uh, 70 days, it needs to be renewed. And after a year, you need to be reexamined. Uh, even if it's a lifetime chronic condition, 
and they charge for all of that. And so many of the people in our cannabis community don't have that kind of money to spare. There's a lot of seniors who try to live or have to live on their Social Security. Mm-hmm. And so either they get it on the black market, which still is out of reach for many of them, or they don't know where to start, or they just don't get the meds that could save their life and make mm-hmm. their life uh, a lot better. So all of this leads me to the fact that the senior tour, the silver tour, is now going to push as hard as possible for full legalization. You know, when I started this, I was happy. I was happy when I could get a neighborhood, a city, a township, a county uh, to decriminalize marijuana. To me, that was a really big deal because I spent 30 years in jail. Mm -hmm. And I went around to the city meetings and county meetings, often with Irv Rosenfeld, who is a director of the Silver Tour. And we pleaded with these townships to decriminalize marijuana. It took a couple of years, but almost all South Florida now is decriminalized with a couple of exceptions. And I was pretty proud that we did that. But our efforts really were for six years were to pass medical marijuana. And now we passed it. Very restrictive. Uh, They still don't allow uh, flour to be smoked. And that's still the quickest, easiest, and safest way to titrate for someone who's got uh, an epileptic seizure coming on, someone who feels chronic pain coming on, You need quick relief. And still, smoking marijuana or vaping marijuana titrates quicker than anything else. We've got to remove the restrictions if we really want everybody to be able to take advantage of this medicine. Uh, How's my sound? Is it coming through all right? Beautiful. Yes, awesome. All right, because I hear a little echo at this end, but that's okay. Uh, Sorry about that. Yeah, so while I was standing there smiling and and really happy that uh, we were legalizing medical marijuana across the country, and we've got 29 states now and nine states that have wrecked, by the end of this year we'll have a dozen states with wrecked. But our goal is to get wrecked for every state and eventually legalize federally. Nothing else will really work. It, yeah. it just doesn't, doesn't work for enough people. The, the dispensaries in Florida are jam-packed busy, but they have limited inventories, limited number of things they can sell, and mm. still, if you look at the people that are coming in who are mostly seniors, mm-hmm. you've also got to realize the people who can't walk in it's a much, much larger group. And and that kind of made me more than a little disappointed. Because we had all worked mm-hmm. so hard, Mickey Irv, and dozens and dozens of other people in Florida to get medical marijuana. Uh, FYI, I've got a card. I'm legal now. All right. Yeah. Yeah.
it was it was neat walking into a dispensary in Florida where pretty much everybody knew who I was and the manager came out to meet me and they treated me very nicely. But what I could buy was very limited. Uh, They've got concentrates, uh, tincture, uh, different hybrids available in concentrates, but you couldn't buy some flour, which does the most, the most people. We've got two lawsuits in now in Florida. One, I think, is going to come to trial next week uh, to force them to make flour available because the amendment that we fought so hard for, which is a constitutional amendment that the legislature really can't circumvent because it was voted in by the people, uh, we've got very good reason to maintain that flour was definitely included in the amendment. So we may get lucky uh, after another week or two. I know the dispensaries are anxious to sell flour. The state regulations don't allow it at the moment. So everything I'm doing, everything the Silver Tour is doing is to get to the next level because we have to. I really thought I kind of did my job when Florida and all the other states got medical marijuana and I was kind of ready to sit back on my laurels and I've got (laughs) pretty good laurels to sit on. Uh, (laughs) But the fact is we've done nothing for the vast majority of seniors and veterans, although we've tried very hard. So now it comes to, you got to give us rec so that anybody can walk into a dispensary or a store or a club and get what they need without state scrutiny, without being on a list that, that they're afraid is going to uh, be a roundup list one day. And under this right. president, that is very conceivable. Yeah. Yeah. Once, once they give the word to go get the pot smokers, uh, we're all doomed. <laughs> you know, it's funny, but it's not funny. It's not. Yeah, and, exactly. Because. <laughs> Can happen. Yeah. After all these years, you know, and and the liar in chief two weeks ago said about gun control. Oh, we'll go get the guns first, and and then adjudicate it afterwards. So you know where his mind is, and yeah. and the little weasel who uh, sits at the attorney general's desk is worse. I mean, there's a guy who couldn't get confirmed for a judgeship and he's in charge of our national legal legal system. That's pretty damn scary. That's really and neither scary. one of neither one of them are terribly bright. We've got a president <laughs> in order to make people think he's smart, he lies about his education and his net worth. He didn't graduate top of his class from Wharton School. He could never get into the Wharton program except to take an undergraduate class, which his professor said he was the dumbest student he ever taught. Of course, we're never going never gonna to see his tax cost. He lost a court suit recently uh, where he couldn't prove he was worth a quarter of a billion bucks, let alone 10 billion bucks. He owes his whole life to Russia and has for a long, long time. I mean, I met him years ago when he uh, wanted to do anything for money, including being my smuggling partner. 
Oh, wow. wow. That, that's another that's another story. I think it's in the book. I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, when I was in Atlantic City and he was going down the drain with his casinos, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, thought it would be a great idea if I would bring my boat into his marina by his uh, <laughs> casino and uh, do my unloading there. We actually brought the boats over, but we never brought a load in there. Oh, wow. <laughs> little, little side story. Little side yeah. story. <laughs> uh, but we've all evolved. You know, I, I really thought it was important to start to criminalizing. And if we could accomplish that, I, I thought that maybe that would be satisfying. And it was for about a second. Mm. Uh, but... I thought when we passed Amendment 2 here in Florida and had a decent medical marijuana amendment, and it is decent, uh, that things would follow easily. But they haven't, and especially for my constituency, which are seniors. Right. The good news is, uh, a week or so ago, I gave a lecture on aging and marijuana to a very uh, exclusive group of doctors and investors at the famous Breakers Hotel. Mm. Uh, That's a place way more exclusive than Mar-a-Lago over on Mm. Palm Beach. It's a famous Mm. old place. And I was the cleanup speaker. And the two doctors who were ahead of me who spoke uh, concentrated hard on heart disease and its causes, and they both said that the largest single cause of heart disease was stress. Hmm. So when I got up and I looked at the two doctors, I said, hey, docs, I said, "Uh, can you think of anything more effective and safer for stress than cannabis? And they laughed, and they both said out loud, no, it's the best, and they got up and clapped. Florida doctors, when I started the Silver Tour, I could not get a single doctor who'd be willing to get on stage to advocate for cannabis. Eventually, I did find a couple. But the Florida Medical Association, for years, was adamantly, adamantly against cannabis. I think they still are, although they administer the uh, certification program for doctors. Uh, the doctors were afraid to come forward and speak, and now they're not. Doctors by the hundred are trying to get educated, uh, are trying to learn how to treat with it, and that's great news. And the doctors are behind us. Uh, the doctors that were there all invited me to talk to their patients and constituents about medical marijuana. How great is that? But uh, yeah, but we've got to find a way to include everybody, whether mm-hmm. they just want it for pain, for relaxation, mm-hmm. and you know half the seniors in the country are on Ambien or Lunesta. Neither one will give you a night's sleep. They put you in a fugue state, very uncomfortable. Very mm-hmm. often you, they tell you, you know, they tell you in the commercials, 
You can walk in your sleep and talk in your sleep and drive a car in your sleep. And don't take it if you're subject to depression. It will increase it. Tell me, what senior does not have bouts of depression? I mean, just getting old is very depressing. Uh, And, of course, about 150 people a month die of ambient or lunesta because they take a second dose, not realizing that they took the first, and then their tongue swells up and they and they're gone. Wow. You know, it's such a nice thing for a senior to be able to take a gummy or a couple of toasts off the tape or or the pipe and get a good night's sleep with quality dreams and wake Mm -hmm. up feeling good. It's not hard to convince them because they remember what it was like when they were in college or younger. Yep. So now what's left to do is a really serious run at legalization. It wouldn't have been possible a few years ago. Now it's probable. We got Vermont who just passed a wreck without going to uh, the voters. Yep. And other states are proposing to do the same. We shall see. I know Florida's lost a fortune in tourist money to Colorado, California, Oregon, Arizona, Washington State. Uh, so I even think, although I'm I'm a cockeyed optimist, that Florida may pass wreck on its own. But if they don't, we have will definitely have it on the 2020 ballot as an amendment. There you go. I gave you a good rest. A long speech. <laughs> we love you, Robert. Thank you so much for doing all that you do. How are you feeling these days? How's your health? My health is really good. My wife is going in for a shoulder replacement surgery. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to be at home for at least three or four months. Uh, as you know, that's a really tough recovery. Yeah. And uh, you, you're not even supposed to lift a cup of coffee yeah with with the with that arm so i'm going to have to be here to do everything for uh i'm happy to do it that's my love and mm. uh i'll say this a gummy to sleep every night takes mm. away a lot of pain during the yeah. day but she's in really really bad pain and, and she's got seven bad discs uh, a little drop, a little drop of RSO or concentrate on uh, a cracker or a cookie, and I tell her to hold it in her mouth so it titrates pretty quickly. Uh, mm. You can see her go from excruciating pain, to half a smile on her face, in in five to ten minutes, without oh. taking the oxy. You know, for years, the only way she could get out of bed was with oxy or Percocet. Oh. And uh, a little gummy bear now and then, and, and a drop of concentrate here and there. And, yeah. Uh, it makes your life a lot more tolerable. Amen. Amen to this beautiful plant, and thank you so much. Uh, are you speaking anywhere, or you have a show coming up? When do we get to see you, most importantly? <laughs> when you coming back well, here? <laughs> I can't travel more than uh, one night away uh, probably for about four months. Uh, I've canceled all my out-of-town stuff, 
so I can be there with her. Uh, our insurance, our Medicare, will provide some uh, home care for a while. And if I have to go speak for a couple of hours or even go away overnight, one night I can do it. Uh, I can get home care for her. But mostly I've got to be here. Uh, I've got nothing on the schedule. I just did three or four speaking engagements in the past week and uh, probably some more in a couple more weeks. But they'll have to be local. Excellent. Well, we're sending prayers and lots of quick healing for your wife. And um, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing you with us today and all our listeners. We just really super appreciate all that you do and have done and continue to do, uh, you know, for the acceptance of this plant, even more so than legalization. You're helping people see this in a new way that um, could possibly save or change lives for them. So thank you so much. We love you, Robert. Yes, thank you, Robert. And although I can't leave home, uh, I'm putting together a radio campaign and may go back on TV uh, if I can raise the, the funds. And this will be totally directed toward full legalization. Excellent. Well, good luck with those, with that and with everything, Robert. Take care. And everybody can donate at thesilvertour.org. Awesome, and we'll post that for all our listeners. And thank you so much, Robert. Have an awesome day. Thank, thank you, Robert. Congrats on six years. I love your place. I love you girls. And uh, you've really done a great job uh, opening up Arizona. Take care. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you, Robert. All right, Bye. everybody. Robert Platshorn. What an awesome man. He really... Um, has given his life up for this cause uh, for cannabis, for the plant. And I'm so glad to hear that it's helping his wife so much in her process of healing because those oxys and Vicodins and things, Percocets, that's true. Run your body down. That's some heavy stuff. Your liver just goes, what? No, 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 no. So that's cool. A drop of RSO on a cracker and you're good to go. Um, in just a moment, we're going to give up. Uh, we're going to give a call to Doug Fine and have him right. on. Um, Dougie, we want to give another little shout out to Tumbleweeds Health Center. If you all are looking for a certification, come on down to 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. And with our program, if you have PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, HIV, AIDS, ALS, Crohn's, agitation of Alzheimer's, a chronic or debilitating disease, or a medical condition or the treatment for a chronic or debilitating disease or medical condition that causes wasting syndrome, severe and chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy, severe or persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. We are having technical difficulties once again. Let's try and uh, we'll X that out. Wow, what's going on with our program? Can you hear us out there? We're still on air. Um, can you hear the commercial? No commercial playing? Because we're playing a commercial. <laughs> and the commercial simply says, if you had one of those conditions, give Tumbleweeds Health Center a call. Uh, 520-838-4430. It's a tech guy. He's messing around. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it may or may not come on. Um, I don't know what's going on with our last phone call either, so... 
not so sure how we can try to call out. Um, we're going to call Mr. Doug Fine, our expert on our world, our global expert on hemp. This mm-hmm. guy is just amazing. Goat herder organic, extraordinaire. Organic cowboy, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. So we'll give we'll give Dougie a call. But check out the Silver Tour. Um, spectacular, spectacular uh, events, and he does really, really does put on a great show. So let's see, we're dialing. Well, it's trying to dial. I think we've probably got too much going on here because that commercial's trying to go. Mr. Platshorn's trying to get out of here, and he can't. And now it's dialing, but maybe it isn't. Maybe I'll just call him from my real phone and skip that again. Let's try this. We'll do that. All right, everybody, we're going to have Doug Fine on air. Tell us a little bit more about Dougie. Uh, Dougie Fresh, as I call him. (laughs) Doug is, uh, like uh, Bell said, one of our hemp experts extraordinaire. He is. Uh Oh, Oh, uh, there he he is. is. All right, can you hear us now? Oh, yes. All right, welcome, Doug Fine. Good morning, Doug. Happy anniversary. It's great to be with you guys. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you so much, and thanks for helping us um, be here. You're part of uh, the reason we're here, so thank you. How are you doing today? Where are you today? (laughs) I am back home on the Funky Boot Ranch in New Mexico. Just last week, keynoted the Central U.S. Hemp Expo in in Wisconsin. The Midwest is coming on with hemp. Every place is coming on with hemp and Mm -hmm. cannabis, no matter what the confused uh, few in power, still think we got this thing won. Awesome! Yes, that is so good to hear. Um, so, what are the um, the rules and regulations for any like if if we want to get hemp in Arizona, what do we got to do? That's a good question. So, what ha- I believe what happened in Arizona was there was um it was similar to a not great um the not great cannabis initiative recently. It was the not great hemp initiative. So. Uh. Basically, the best thing that that a state can do, like if we really had that year of the legislature and the Department of Agriculture, the best thing that Arizona or any state can do is at the current moment, until full hemp legalization comes on the federal level, the way you operate under the partial legalization on the federal level is you set up a state state program that's very, very broad. It allows farmers to grow for whatever part of the plant they want, as much acreage as they want, and lets them get the genetics domestically from any other um, provider in the U.S. That's something that certain federal agencies are fighting wrongly. It's immoral. It's mm-hmm. unpatriotic. They need to get out of the cannabis hemp game and you know, deal with prescription pill abuse, opiate addiction, and alcohol and the real mm-hmm. problems in this country. Yep. But um. So that's what that's what a state can do. The devil's in the details. You know, it sounds great. Oh, a state passed a temp law, which is all great. I, from slogging out in a number of states, some that are doing it great and some less so, mm-hmm. um, it's really important that the regulations be very, very broad. Broad for the use or the for who can grow? Or, I mean, because there's only, for right now, in it, you can only grow education, I mean, for educational purposes, right? You have to have- you, well, Technically, the federal law says you can grow for research purposes, and research includes market research, which means sales. Do you have to be so, affiliated with a educational facility in that sense, then? Either, either a, that's a great question, either a university or your state's Department of Agriculture. So if, if Arizona um, 
passes a hemp law, then when I when I say broad, I mean that the Department of Ag sets up a program in its regulations that says anybody that we permit is a federally compliant farm bill because it's the federal farm bill that allows hemp cultivation is a is a research pilot program market researching hemp and that allows you to sell the crop and then the other thing i wanted to mention since we have you know an audience here of of all sides of the is that this is like sort of my uh one of my um banners of late which is um so we have one it's what cannabis is one plant the distinction between cannabis and hemp is an artificial one it's an arbitrary one and it's a recent one and um i like to look towards the finish line and i i would hope that we start to think of the plant as plants so to give you an example of where like today's artificial delineation won't make sense in a very few years in both directions first of all most Cult of experienced cultivators of hemp recognize that if the THC is something that the plant wants, you know, it's part of it, like hemoglobin is part of our blood. And so if you're, let's say you're producing a hemp seed oil, in other words, a nutritive superfood today, you can get it in any grocery store. I eat it every day, you know, it's safe for the whole family. If you have THC in the cultivar, you may have higher protein and higher mineral content in your eventual hemp seed oil or hemp seeds, even though none of that THC will show up in the final seed product. Mm. So on the one hand, we're going to want to have, and we're going to have hemp that has more THC in it. This is true in stronger fiber too. The Chinese know they grow hemp with high THC for their, for their world leading clothing and clothing industry, including their army, their military is clad in hemp again these days. Mm. And so that, that, they recognize that you have stronger fiber when there's THC in the plant, but it's irrelevant because there's no THC in the fiber. As we all know, cannabinoids like THC and CBD reside in the flower. Then on the so-called psychoactive cannabis side of the plant, Gary Johnson, the libertarian for former governor of uh, my state here in New Mexico, his first cannabis business was a low THC mint aimed toward older folks who recognized that an entourage effect of cannabinoids might be beneficial for things like, you know, arthritis or other, other things that they may want to treat. They will want more than this ridiculous 03 of THC definition of hemp today, but not much more, maybe 1%, maybe 2% of THC in this mint that would have all kinds of other cannabinoids, bioflavonoids, and terpenes in it. So even on the psychoactive side, you're going to see people cultivating for very, very low THC, one, two, three, while on the hemp side, you're going to see people growing with five or 10% THC, even though none of that THC is going to end up in the final product. So in my spiel these days is our ultimate goal here was we're winning these battles and we have where we are winning the battles with for hearts and minds. Um, and we had, we do have this battle won. Um, we just got to get the policy in, in accordance with the will, will of the people. But the, the, the end game, I believe is that the THC in a plant that's cultivated should be irrelevant and uncultivated unless a final product that is going out to people is a flower product that a locality decides is high enough in THC above their local or state THC threshold that it should be regulated for adults the way alcohol is. Hmm. Very interesting. So, 
as far as potentiating the all the cannabinoids in the plant, um, hemp is grown more for fiber, right? Other than, I mean, if you differentiate for cannabis, but you want all the cannabinoids in both plants, in the hemp and in the cannabis, because mm-hmm. it ultimately make them both stronger. Well, believe it or not, the biggest market in so-called hemp today is, um, and I say so-called because, I, like I said, I think it's all one plant, but the biggest market is in the flower, and it's in those cannabinoids other than THC, such as right. CBD, CBN, CBC. But the product that we make in Vermont, and by the way, one of my, I'm kind of sad to report, one of my Vermont um, partners is ill, and so I'm going to be moving that product out to New Mexico as soon as our state allows us to grow it. But um, this product that we grow called Hemp and Hemp, it's hemp seed oil infused with the flowers from the same plant, fertilized flowers, by the way, which is a whole other discussion. Um, but um, it's not really super high in CBD. And yet we noticed that it's got some other cool cannabinoid profiles in it, like CBC. And I had never heard of CBC. And if you look up CBC, it's associated with things like relaxation, anti-stress, anti-spasmosity. And so people are getting really good results from this, like as a bath oil, as a massage oil, sore muscle oil, even though it's not super spiked in um, CBD, it's got these other cannabinoids and it's got a ratio of cool cannabinoids. And I mentioned this because Believe it or not, to answer your question, believe it or not, people, the biggest market in hemp today is from the flower. Basically, all of the cannabinoids other than THC are in hemp. And so there's a lot of value in that. When it comes to the seed side of the plant, that's a nutritive superfood, whether you press the seed, eat it whole, dehull it so you have the hemp parts. And then, as you said, there's the fiber. Now, fiber is really, really important because it's the long tap roots and it's the fiber that heals the soil, sequesters carbon. Like it's the fiber in the hemp and cannabis plant that's going to save humanity. Plus there's a lot of cool applications besides tree free, um, tree free paper and cotton free, um, textiles. Cause cotton uses like 30% of the world's pesticides. There's also next generation, um, applications for hemp. Hemp is working at the nano level in next generation batteries better than any other nano material. If folks want to Google hemp is coming to your car battery in alternate, I wrote an article about this. Wow. It's a serious thing. Like hemp is going to be in those Teslas in a couple of years. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> We're all Googling that. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. Tell us more. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, I'll tell you a few exciting projects that I have going. Um, if folks are interested, I do a daily social media at Organic Cowboy on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and my website is DougFine.com. So all this stuff is um, there's um, updates that you'll see in my dispatches and in my daily social media if you want to keep up with this. But um, one cool project is um. I, I like I guess almost two years ago now became the lead consultant for the Colville tribe, a Native American um, tribe with a lot of land outside of Spokane, Washington, that decided they wanted to cultivate hemp. And we mm. successfully harvested 60 acres last season, and we're expanding to 125 this year. Mm. Um, it's really cool. So Washington State doesn't allow cultivation for the flower side of the hemp plant, which is ridiculous, and we're working to change. So we were forced into the seed and fiber side. Um, 
And so the first product is this really cool tribal hemp. It's called whole seed, whole roasted hemp seed. And we're doing prototypes from the previous harvest to do pre-sale for what we hope is going to be a rapid expansion um, this year. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I already mentioned hemp and hemp. They, uh, that's a true farm-to-table product. Um, and, oh, um, um, another fun project is I'm a research consultant with the University of Hawaii. So tough life, you know. I have to fly out to Hawaii, like, probably every six weeks to work on um, figuring out which cultivars work best in the tropics, which is uh, a really, really fun project. I'm also trying to put together cooperatives, farmer cooperatives, because what I'm noticing is in the history of agriculture, farmers tend to get screwed over. You know, they produce a commodity like wheat, and then they're just at the mercy of commodities traders in markets in Chicago or New York or Europe somewhere. And so I'm really encouraging folks to do value-added or to form cooperatives where the farmers have a share in the benefit of the final product. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's something I'm really um, working on hard in the next year in addition to doing a ton of live events, shouting out awesome entities like Tumbleweeds. Are you guys just really psyched? You must be just so psyched to be at the six-year anniversary. We are. We are. It's really amazing. Thank you, Doug, for helping us get here. It's You know how the journey has been. You know, everyone is on the, the DL and hush-hush about what you do. And slowly everything's turning around, and everyone's really passionate and excited about it, and they're able to share things now. Um, let me ask you a question about your Native American adventure. Uh, how are the tribes dealing with um, the use of land? Um, they, you know, our administration now is taking away a lot of Native land. What what are they doing to protect what they have now so that so that they can't mm-hmm. do that? And how are, mm-hmm. how is it that they're growing hemp um, without you know any repercussions? It's just amazing. Well, okay, so first off. Um that's a, another great question, and I always say when I'm talking about tribal stuff that um, even though I've been in it for two years and I'm really enjoying it, I'm new to Indian country, and also in each tribe there are different people that are like tribal governments. You know, they're their own nations, and so they um, they are authorized. They have people that are authorized to talk about what the tribes goals are so I can offer sort of my my journalistic take without officially speaking for Koval or any other tribe but what I'm seeing is and I was actually just in Arizona and um like three or four weeks ago giving a talk at the um uh, Indian Law Center at the Sandra Day O'Connor School of Law at Arizona State and so I, I get to talk to a lot of tribes and I'm on the board of an institution called Hempstead Project Heart, which was founded by the Native American activist John Trudell, and it's about getting hemp in all over Indian country. So I am doing a work beyond even just the Colville um, consulting. So I have some something of a perspective, though. I'm far from an expert. And um, the bottom line is tribes that are sort of on the ball economically um, think very carefully about their their – legal strategies when they're doing anything because they have a ton of strategies. They can act as a normal business that forms as a corporation and does a business. They can act as a sovereign nation and all the um, sort of rights and risks that go along with that. And they can do things in between, which is like, okay, this is a tribal allotment from federal land that is on our land so it's ours but we are getting let's say our water from federal land or 
if we're going to be doing a risky business, a new kind of business, we'll want to sort of dial things in like we're more of a traditional company rather than necessarily playing the sovereignty card. So in every every instance, the tribe will make its own decision about what it's going to do because there's a lot of different classifications of land when it's tribal land, when it's Indian land. So there's not just one category. And so um, what Colville did, my clients out there in Washington, what they decided to do, and I think it was very, very smart, was even the Washington State's hemp program is not as robust as it needs to be yet. It's slowly improving. Most of the new states that are coming online are implementing much better, like we were discussing earlier in the chat, much broader hemp programs that allow farmers to grow for whatever parts of the plant they want, how much acreage they want, get their genetics domestically. Washington is really, it's like two strikes. It doesn't allow you to grow for flour, so only seed and fiber. And they're forcing imports from foreign seed companies that don't allow the farmers to replant, even though in about overnight, I and a thousand other farmers like me could get superior cultivars into the farmers of Washington so they could replant. As a result, only like two people signed up for their program last year instead of the thousands of acres that are being grown in nearby Oregon. But the next generation, uh, so they, so Washington has the uphill battle of bureaucratically fixing a bad policy, whereas states that are coming online now, like California, Wisconsin, New York, North Carolina, they're implementing great hemp programs right from the get-go. I, and I'm kind of glad that I'm forced to see and work in a state that's hamstrung a little bit because the tribe is succeeding anyway and so any place else that i work seems easy um but long story short what the tribe decided to do is apply under the state's existing program they didn't say we don't have to follow no stinking federal law we're a sovereign tribe they said we're going to apply to the state program which makes us legal under federal law and nobody's going to raid us, and that'll buy us a couple of years to basically get ahead of the curve, basically be one of the first tribes out there, if not the first, to really learn how to grow hemp and really learn how the crop works, what the markets are for it, and the best techniques and all that business. So it's a smart strategy, but it's frustrating. Already today, we're dealing with this BS of having to deal with imported seed. That's, it's, so, it's, it's unpatriotic for a state policy to force us to to um to to import seed but and to ignore domestic providers that can provide it but it's also really bad business yes, because is. you know it's it's ridiculous to not be able to plant your own seed that's yes. serfdom that's not free farming no, so yes. that's what's going on with the travel project wow that's really amazing that, and that's great that they're that they're fall that they're going through the the legal process to register with the appropriate you know organizations because that does nothing but you know put more power to them on their side. Um, there are a lot of tribes that don't want it, anything to do with it, um, and there are tribes that want to do what you said and just screw the government. We're going to do what we want, but um, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to to see who plays out and who starts you know just growing. Um, so let me ask you a, a agricultural question. As far as growing hemp, like you have to go out and, and uh, go to Hawaii and find how it grows tropical. Is there a best place to grow hemp, a best altitude, a best area? Where's the prime spot? And, and can anybody grow hemp anywhere? Is it that versatile? Versatile is a key. And 
that was another great question there, Kim. So, um, so hemp is unusually adaptive. It's really amazing to be learning about plant intelligence in general. I think like many people, probably like many of us, you know, in this conversation and many folks listening, that the cannabis plant kind of brought us into horticulture and gardening in general. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, and it's taught us a lot about how plants work. And I'm really enjoying learning that about hemp as a permitted hemp farmer. There's nothing more fun than having a DEA permit to grow hemp in your inbox. That's really fun. Um, so um, it's a real sign that uh, prohibition is ending. But um, so most climates in the world, from subarctic to subtropical, there are existing cultivars that grow well for tropical it's interesting to see the cultivars that are showing to proving to be the most adaptive they're not necessarily the cultivars that are coming from subtropical or the very closest to tropical it's cultivars that are that are proving the most adaptive so year one it's like they're thinking it out or i should say in the case of hawaii season one because hawaii has this great advantage of three growing seasons it's one of the reasons big agriculture does so much of their seed development there and um so and but arizona would be similar arizona you could get at least two um in especially in southern arizona but so first year the crop's sort of like thinking about it and then it sort of takes off and grows especially with certain cultivars that are coming from highland china derived or doing the best in the tropics so far so it's very interesting to see but um the other interesting thing about so yeah basically hemp will grow everywhere you want to you know build your soil in the best way grow organically but then there's also growing style when the europeans and the canadians were started giving advice to american farmers about how to grow hemp they thought it was only going to be grown for seed and fiber and so they were advocating these really high amounts of seed per acre really densely packed together plants but Michael Pollan, the author, calls American cannabis farmers the best farmers of his generation. And American cannabis farmers know that if you really want a beautiful, robust plant, you give it a little bit of growing room. Mm -hmm. And so what I often recommend to clients is a a row spacing and a plant spacing that's somewhere between traditional tight hemp spacing and the maybe five feet, you know, the 60-inch bases that you'll see in big ganja farms in uh in like the emerald triangle um 